Welcome to Reservation Redemption. I'm Brenda Fisher. And before we get into this week's episode, some really great people have come into my life because of this project that I started with my friend Chief, who a lot of this story has been about or connected to in some way. And one of the great things that happened to him and to me is that a really amazing tribal elder came into our lives. He's a spiritual leader. He is just a great person. And you can just feel it the moment you meet him. He's the real deal. He walks his talk. And one of the greatest things he said, I treat people the way I do because of who I am, not because of who they are. That really resonated with me and has stuck with me. There's just something about his influence, his inspiration that just brings a calmness over you and makes you feel like nothing can bother you. And this man's name is Francis Kaluuya. He is a Kalispell elder and just a great person. There's just nobody like him. I want to thank him from the bottom of my heart for his acceptance and support. Just as inspiration because because of him, I really do feel like all of this project came together and motivated me to want to learn more and to connect with more people and to see how I can be of service to others. Because when it comes down to it, the one thing that I've really figured out in my life, and I think Chief has definitely figured this out too, that when you're focused on being in service of others, it's really hard to feel sorry for yourself. And our next story is about a guy, he and his family have been through so much and how he and Chief met is a great story. It's probably one of the best ones. It's all about getting a box. It was addressed to his family from his brothers at Walla Walla, and I'll let him tell the story. This is the story of how Chief met Sanina Brooks. So, Nina. Yes. We talked on the phone and you told me a great story about how you met Chief. And yes. I would love for you to share that with us. I, I got to meet Chief in the later part of the day that I was early as Francis. So I know, I, mean, I might know a totally different Chief. I don't know. <laughs> but back in 2008, my, uh, my oldest son, was 15. He had he had diagnosed with osteosarcoma, and uh, it was pretty devastating you know, for us. And uh, we had to. My wife and I. I ended up losing my job. She was able to keep working remotely, but we had to go back and forth to uh, from OMAC to the Children's Hospital in Seattle, mm-hmm. so that he can continue his treatments. He was doing chemotherapy. He lost his leg, um, and they. You know, they gave him three years. They said, you know, kids with osteosarcoma, they usually last about three years. So it's 
was it was yeah. pretty bad, you know, a bad situation, devastating. And I want to say hell on earth, you know, that, that's, that situation. And, uh, you know, the financial situation, you know, my wife and I were like $80,000 in debt, and just kind of like all of our bills, just like, I, we don't care, we're going to take care of our kid. So we just moved forward. But we had to still get money to go back and forth to the children's hospital and stuff. And so the community, an awesome community, they, every time we needed something, you know, somebody in the community would, you know, would, would come and help us out. And uh, I remember they had a fundraiser. They had a bunch of fundraisers for us. And uh, this, is, this is where Chief came in. We had a, all of a sudden we had a bunch of these, these bags of stuff that came in. There was, there was bead medallions. You know, there was uh, drums that were painted. There was earrings. All this cultural stuff that was just donated, and it looked like it was from the store. I was like, "What the heck? Who would donate this to us?" You know, we're like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't even know where, you know who donated this stuff, and, and uh, I don't know who told us, but they said the the brothers from from Walla Walla got this together and they wanted you guys to have this. Wow! And, and they said that you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to keep it, you can keep it, or you guys can, you guys, if you want to sell it to, you know, to get some gas money and you go do what you want to do, do whatever you want with it, they don't make it. And I'm like, the brothers from home, you know, I didn't, I never heard of this, this before, you know, these guys were doing this. And, um, and then uh, a couple of days later, I got a, I get a call from Chief, and uh, that's when I, I got introduced to him, and I was like, he was telling me, did you, did you, Get our, you know, did you get our stuff? I'm like, yeah, we got this stuff, man. It's amazing how you guys, the, the beadwork was immaculate. I was like, wow. You know, uh, you, you can tell their work from anywhere else in the world. Yeah. You know their, their work because it's like, it's like perfect, beyond perfect. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the drums, the way they're painted, is just amazing. And, um, so you know, I was thinking, man, you gotta thank the brothers inside there, and thank you guys. And yeah, we're gonna hold a we're gonna hold a, a fundraiser and auction some of that stuff off. And no, not me, but I, we had a family member that was doing that. And I, I want to say they raised around three thousand dollars doing that for us. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, man, that you know, it, it cost a hundred bucks every time we went over to the children's hospital, mm -hmm. plus you know our food and. Uh, so that, you know, that goes through a couple, three months, you know, at least, that, you know, to help us out like that. And, and I was really grateful. And I, I, but um, when I talked to him, I was like, man, how, you know, how do you guys do this? And you guys, we just, we just built up this program. And the brothers, you know, the, you know they, they do all this work. And we want to donate to a worthy cause. And you guys are a worthy cause. And right now we want to help you guys out. I know you guys are going through a lot, and, and uh, it, it kind of choked me up quite a bit, you know, because he was, you know, in the in the, the limited capacity that they're doing, you know, they were able to do so much for us, and uh, and it was so neat at the time too. It was like perfect timing for for a lot of that, and so it's really really powerful to see, you know, what what these guys could do, you know, to help somebody out. And, and then uh, 
chief was, he, uh, I told him, I go, yeah, my son wants to take you too. And my son got on the phone and uh, was talking to him too. And what, I, what I really liked is uh, he was straight up with us. You know, he, he uh, a lot of people, because of the cancer and stuff, they, they kind of, they, they talk really gentle to you. You know, the chief was like, he was like, don't, he goes, you, you fight every, every day you fight. He goes, you have a warrior spirit, that warrior spirit comes from generation to generation. You know, your ancestors had to do their own fight to get to right here. You have to do your fight. And he talked to my son like that. And usually everybody's like, you know, I'm yeah. sorry you're going through that. But he was just like, he was really powerful words that I think we needed at that moment. Kind of showed my son, you know, all the ancestors. They had these struggles too, and they all fought all the way through to get to this point. And now this is your fight. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And my son was like, yeah, I'm gonna. And he did. I mean, he fought. He fought to the very end. You know, everything that he did. And um, and my son really thanked him. He was like, man, I got. My son wanted to meet him really bad. And then after he got off the phone with him, he, Chief got back on the phone with me, and then he told me the same thing. You know, he goes, he goes, I know your son's in this battle, but you have to be there. You know, he goes, I know you're gonna, you know, you're gonna cry a little bit, but I want you to pick yourself up. And I want you to move forward and help him as best you can. And just remember, you're not going through the years, so you got to be there. I'm glad he has you in your corner, but I need you to be there as a a strong leading man for your son. And you feel pretty helpless, but you do what you, you know, I, I was feeling really helpless, and I go, I'll do whatever I can, you know, he's like, that's, that's all you can. And he didn't stutter in his words, he didn't get choked up or nothing, he was really stern about it, he goes, and let us do, let us help you. You don't have to take all this, you know, yourself, let us help you. You know, all this, all this guys in the, the prison here are gonna be praying for you, and, and call you again, and you know, all of our prayers. And we were sick in that sweat, pray for you and your son, and best outcome. So, you guys keep your head up and keep moving forward. And I knew at that point, you know, that I was dealing with a really strong man, a really good man, and he had a lot of good brothers with him. And you know, half of my friends, they're either dead or they're in prison. So I knew a lot of those guys in there are my my, you know, my friends too, you know, my my buddies I grew up with, and I was like, man, you know, that's that's pretty powerful. I think it still helped me in, 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 in that way. You know. And uh, throughout those years, you know, Chief kept in contact with us and, and, and talked with us, and then he invited us down to the, the prison for the powwow. My son was like, hell yeah, let's go, Dad. Let's go meet these guys. We wanted to meet them. Like, yeah, we'll make it happen, man. We'll find a way to get in there. And I remember he didn't have a license or a, a background checks or something, but we had a pretty tough time trying to make sure every one of us that went down there had all the information correct. And I know we were nervous too to go in, and, and uh, I, don't, I wasn't too afraid about being like locked in there, but I was, I was. Uh, 
is afraid of all the, the officers there. <laughs> they're like, they're like, that's crazy. They're like, oh, yeah. They're like, these guys, man. They just, you know, they don't think they get any, you know, any movement or nothing, man. But I know we, we went down there and they invited us down there. And, and uh, it's like, man, they could have a powwow. That's pretty cool, you know. I didn't think I could dance. I thought we just had to go there and watch these guys dance. So I didn't bring my outfit down. And anyway, they, uh, my son, he, you know, he had his, his leg was pretty hurt. But they, uh, the brothers down there, they gave him a grass dance outfit. And he wanted to dance. He was like, he put it on right then and there. Never really, I mean, he danced before grass dance, but nothing, nothing, he never really got into it. But man, the spirit down there at that powwow was just, you know, it was, was amazing. You know, you see these you know, these guys not embarrassed to you know, get out there and put themselves out there, probably some of them for the first time, you know, getting out there and, and just dancing hard, you know, not, you know, not walking, you know, being shy. They were out there dancing, you know, their heart out in every song, not, you know, not, not stopping and taking a break or nothing like that. You know? And uh, they had my, they gave my son an outfit, and you know, this is the short version. <laughs> they gave my son an outfit. <laughs> I'm sorry. They gave my son an outfit, and, and he, was, he was so honored by that, you know, that, and, and to be out there and to dance with these guys. And, and uh, you could see that, you know, the, the, the way he felt like, the, you know, felt the warrior spirit. And, and uh, usually, you know, if I asked him to do something really cool, you know, he would be shy about it. But around the brothers, he was like, no, I'm getting out there, I'm going to dance. And, and then uh, they also um, gave me a grass dance outfit. And I'm like, I'm not a grass dancer. <laughs> <laughs> but I see my son dancing, he's looking at me like, really, Dad? You're gonna, you know, these guys have you know, over backwards for you, you know, to do, you know, to be here, you know, to do this with us, you know? And I'm like, Okay, I'm dancing then. <laughs> so I put the outfit on too and danced. And, but I got to, I got to meet Chief that day and uh, and uh, some of the other brothers. You know, I got to meet and and it, it was just an amazing day. And you know, I never, you know, I, I some of the family were like, were you scared? You know, and I'm like, no, you know, these are my brothers. I can feel this. You know, I know these guys' hearts. You know, you can feel. You Heart spirit right now, and you know, I could feel that in, in Chief too. You know, I could see, you know, who he was, and and I never, I, yeah, I never thought anything else. You know, I seen a good-hearted man when I was there, and, and, uh, and I love that. And we joked around, and but I remember that this was kind of hard for me to say a little bit. But he goes, he goes, um, my son. I was like, so here. Because you're in here for life, and he's like, yeah, life, but life, life sentence, more like a death sentence. And then my son goes, my son goes, I got a death sentence too. Chief was, uh, he kind of backed up a little bit, and he realized, you know, that he's got a life sentence. And he said that, he goes, you know, I realize right now I got a life sentence. You got a death sentence. He goes, but it doesn't have to be that, you know, we're going to. We're gonna pray right here. We're gonna pray that, that you know that you have a chance. And my son, up until you know, up until probably about a month before he went down, he believed every day that something, something you know, would happen that he would be able to live. And 
he fought every every single moment, you know, like the way he was. And, and uh, I remember Chief saying that he, he got kind of put back. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully I get a chance. And that's why I'm here, you know. I you know I hope this this works for you, you know. I hope it works for Chief because he. I, you know, I think he deserves it, you know, and I really want him to be out, and I want to see him dancing on this floor, you know, uh, with with the rest of his, you know, family and friends, and celebrate it just as much as everybody else. You know, when I pray, you know, when I go to sweat, I do pray for the brothers every time I'm in there. And I pray for that exact thing. I want to see Chief dancing. And not in there. I want to see him dancing out here, you know, in these arenas. And I think that's going to happen for him. And back in, the, uh, I want to say 2010, there was a, a bill that went to the state, and uh, I was on council, and uh, we we're supposed to, like, uh, you know, we watch all the bills that go to the state and try to find ways to introduce portions for tribes to get money or we try to find ways to get tribes included on the bills if they're advocating money or advocating new laws that we make sure that the tribes are included with it. Anyway, I've seen this bill that, um, that uh, potentially may have helped uh, Chief with you know, the, you know, the children that, that, um, that did violent crimes have the, the ability to go to parole. And I was like, man, I don't, I'm clearing my schedule, I need to be there, you know, I want to be there and testify for him, you know. And he didn't ask me to. I don't even I don't even know if he knew about it, but I you know, I went down there and I know this lawyer, he had this whole thing written out for me and but I, I it was too emotional for me, so I just kinda of took it over and I think I kinda of messed up a little bit <laughs> all the details correct, but you know, but I you know, I, I shared my heart and I, and uh you know, like Francis said, this is a process. You know, we, you know, we take those little steps here. Maybe the next, the next step is a, you know, a step closer, and then pretty soon, third or fourth steps down the road, we get our way, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. You know, even this, taking this step, you know, maybe it's educating the, you know, the public or or the people about, you know, the the spouse of chief, you know, the, the heart of him. And, and the other brothers that are that are doing great things for our community and our and our uh, the loved ones out there, and you know in their capacity, you know, their limited capacity within the, those walls. That was the short version. <laughs> so, Mike, yeah. you spent a lot of time with Chief, mm -hmm. and tell me more about your your experience with him and um, how your friendship developed. Okay. So I've known Chief, I've done about 23 years incarceration, and I've known Chief for uh, 16 of those years. We lived in the same unit for eight years. Uh, he has another name he goes by, Wakletchi. I think I'm saying it right, forgive me if I'm not. But it means the quiet place below the cliffs, you know. And to me that kind of that does symbolize Chief, right? So. In prison, you have a different kind of language, right? People speak a language of violence. They speak a language of greed, manipulation, and that is where you usually meet people at, is you expect that that's where 
that's the kind of language that those people speak. Um, when I first met Chief, it was at Regalia Program in Walla Walla at the West Complex, and he had just gotten the the new the new area set up. Him and Sonia Watts mm -hmm. Watson did, and uh, he was very reserved, very not not friendly. I would say, you know, not like going to greet you and hey, brother, welcome to the not anything like that, and uh, was somewhat intimidating because of that. You know, you usually. People want to fill the room with their voice, and they want to talk and stuff. But that chief was really reserved, and um, what I kind of found out later is that he he wanted to observe mm -hmm. the people that are coming into his circle, you know, right. because his circle was his family, and that family was really important. And he, it's very hard for people who have life without or who are doing long long periods of time of incarceration because they have people come in and they get close to those people and then those people go away and you don't get to form those lasting relationships that are that are meaningful and it's very hard for people to want to be let you into their heart and let you into their family without knowing for sure what you're about and what your intentions are so i think that that's something that's remarkable about chief is that he um he he's been operating in the dark right mm -hmm. he he went to prison when he was 17. Um, you plant a seed in bad soil, you expect a bad plant or for it to not to bear any kind of fruit, right? Yeah. And for a chief to have gone to, to have gone to prison and barely missed the death penalty, but to get put in a place where the, the doors of the prison would never be left ajar for him, um, and for him to flourish in that and to not just flourish and grow as a person, but to try and bring other people along, right? We have a lot of urban Indians and uh, city Indians and gang members, and they come into prison with that mentality, and they're given a choice. You know, you can run with the gang members or you can be a part of the circle and learn about culture and whatnot. And the brothers that decide that they want to go the gang route they quickly learn that that they're really not cut out for it you know and especially in that environment and uh so they they come into the circle mm -hmm. and then they get to learn about their their culture you know and maybe not specifically their culture but just the the indian way in general going to ceremonies um being part of talking circles um learning learning how to drum how to be do different kind of artwork mm -hmm. and the, the thing about powwows, and Chief puts these powwows on. I mean, there's no mistaking these are Chief's powwows, right? He organizes them. He he contacts people in the community. He gets resources to get beads in. He gets resources to get leather donated. And then he goes through each of the members of the circle and say, hey, this is your time to shine. This is your time to make something for your family. Show them that you are more than, than what they think you are and they get to see you dance, you're gonna learn how to dance, or if you, you're too embarrassed to dance, or you're not coordinated, whatever, you can drum, you're gonna be a part of this powwow somehow, and if they don't drum or dance, they're up, they're up there, they're taught to serve the elders first, don't, don't cuss in front of the elders, make mm -hmm. sure that they have their meal first, mm -hmm. greet people, you know, and this is teaching people who are antisocial to be sociable, right? And nobody taught Chief how to be a social worker, no one, no one taught Chief like, 
oh, this is how you change somebody's heart by bringing them to their culture. These are just things that I think changed Chief is his culture and working with guys who have been in, in the circle for many years and who he learned from. And then people like Francis, too, who took the time to teach him about culture and like language and stuff. So for me, that those probably first initial years being around Chief were kind of very uncomfortable for me because I had a, a insecurities of my own, right? Mm -hmm. And I was never sure where Chief was coming from because he was so quiet and so reserved, right? But I mm -hmm. only ever saw Chief do things for other people. And I only saw Chief being positive about things. If there was something negative going on, he just didn't have an opinion about it. He just kind of kept himself away from it. Mm -hmm. And he would say things like, uh, that's for the yard. We don't bring these things to our circle. We don't bring these things into our lodge. Mm -hmm. That's for the yard. Keep it away. And he never wavered, ever, the whole time I knew him. Um, and it wasn't probably until I got my clemency and was moved from the closed custody facility to the medium, and me and Chief were in the same unit on the same side, and that's when I really started to get to know Chief on a personal level. We would sit at the table and we talk about hopes and dreams, you know, and I had a lot of guilt in a way because I had received clemency. I had life without also, and I had received clemency. And here this brother is giving me coffee, inviting me to come and sit down, being excited for me and talking about my future when I know he doesn't have the same thing that was given to me, right? right. And nobody is deserving of grace, right? It's not something we are owed. Nobody owes us a second chance. Nobody owes us grace. That's something that is given to us, is gifted to us. I think Chief understands that, but we talk about people who have been in prison for so many years and they didn't sour. They only sweetened. They only grew. And that they, they, they touched so many other people's lives, like Sneena's life, you know, and that's just one example from, of the people in the community that that he's touched and talking to, spoken to, and worked with. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Chief. We all do, we've all done things in our life that we're not proud of. I can't imagine what it's like. I don't think anybody can imagine what it's like to have done something at such a young age and to forever, ever be judged by that one thing and to never be judged for the hundred thousand good things that you did but to only be judged for that one mistake that one horrible thing and I can tell you that Chief is deeply disturbed by what brought him to prison that he is so hopeful that the family would forgive him that he's worked very hard to try and earn that forgiveness from that family but he also respects them that he would give them their space um, yeah and that's uh Chief, Chief uh, he helped me um, learning about culture, about my culture. Um, if it wasn't for him, I don't know that I would have gotten clemency because being part of our circle helped me to remove uh, the stone that was in my heart, and that was through Lodge and through being able to go to a place where I could be open and honest about the things that hurt me and releasing that into that that darkness and um, if I didn't have a brother like Chief there to help 
walk me through that and guide me through that in in a big brother kind of way not in a boss kind of way but as in a loving big brother kind of way that i don't know that i would have uh, received clemency you know and that's the short version that's really powerful because <clears throat> there's so many more good things to say about him you know and yeah. stories I do have a funny story. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they're at powwow, right? And they uh, they got the host drum, and they're 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 drumming, and they're real excited, and and they got a fast beat, and they're they want to sing all the they want to sing every verse of the song and get all the all the all of it out there, right? And um, the guests are dancing, and uh, your mom Wilma. I'd finally come over to the drum and you mind slowing it down <laughs> but they're so excited and they, yeah. because they have to dance to that beat and these are like they're doing they're doing like eight pushes of, of a song <laughs> thanks for tuning in and if you like what you hear please subscribe and hit the bell so you're notified when we upload our next episode check out our website at reservationredemption.com and if you have any inquiries or want to discuss your native journey send me an email. Please include any stories. If you have missing members of your family, we definitely want to help. Follow us on Twitter, Rez Podcast. So that's at R-E-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Facebook, Rez Redemption, R-E-Z Redemption. And an IG, it's just Reservation Redemption. Thanks so much again for listening in. And we hope to uh, have you hanging out with us next time.